Jamie Liddell, how long's it been? Uh, feels like years, but probably only a few months. I saw you at Traction. Yeah, that was the last time. And, and, um, and got we got we didn't get rained on, but we watched and kind of in awe of the English bobbing their umbrellas. But yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Welcome back. Thank you. back so i started with uh muddling gear 99 then um then i did uh multiply then gym of course then compass then this one so you're long-standing i'm old school well yeah, it's yeah funny. i signed with them in 99 we're aging together yeah i mean it's 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 I mean, they've been good to me yeah i mean that's it i mean a lot of those indie labels haven't made it you know so definitely speaks of warps kind of um you know that they, they know how to stay afloat and they've been they've made good signings they've just kind of you know i think they embrace the idea of an indie label as opposed to just like right we're an electronic label we're not gonna 
get any wider than you know Aphex and Square Pushers. I've taken on Grizzly Bear and like like more diverse stuff. It's really, it's been a good call for them. And of course, me, amazing, great idea.
how does it work for a modern day musician like yourself? I mean, you know, avant-garde, yet yeah, mainstream, yet yeah, you know, totally yeah. into the now. How does it work? Um, it's definitely a lot harder than it was for record sales. Obviously, everyone says that, and uh, I've experienced that too. Um, basically, I, I kind of. Uh, I make money in Europe playing shows. It's harder for me in America. I've never really... I think a lot of European artists experience the same thing. So I've never been fully embraced over there, much as I've tried. I mean, you know, I play. I've, I've done a fair bit, but um, I've always kind of plateaued at a certain level, trying to change that, you know, always. And, you know, you never know how things go on that level. But um, you just... I, I think it's it. You just kind of... I've always been in the mood for this sort of slow and steady... You don't necessarily need to sort of uh, like blow up or whatever. Cause I actually almost fear that because if things get too hyped up, then I almost feel like you're inevitably going to have to kind of take a dive after or like maybe sacrifice some of the things that I really appreciate not having to sacrifice. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm in control of what I make artistically and like... I wouldn't be probably doing it now if I felt like I was obliged to do something. Um, so there's no when you make your record, you haven't got warp going. Can you have this? Can we have, there's no, there's none of that going on. No, no, no. They just let me. They just let me uh, be you. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that would have always been the case. I mean, it might have been that had I like, I, you know, when I delivered uh, Multiply, it was definitely a bit of a shock. Because it was more mainstream than I think they'd anticipated, and it was definitely less electronic than than some of the music that I'd done before. So it was a little bit like what you're doing, you know. And um, I mean, that must have, in a way, you have been ahead of the game on that. And sort of people, you've seen people doing what you were doing five, six years ago, and having mm-hmm. success with it. After you, do you feel that sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, uh, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing about me is I've never, I guess I never really stuck to anything. So if you want to look at, I mean, and there is that thing, the inevitable thing, I guess it goes hand in hand with this, you know, we talk about business, ultimately with a musician, with a signature, you know, it, often that kind of means that you have kind of a brand implied and my brand is quite um, schizophrenic. I said, actually, I really don't like that word, not, you know, it just... <laughs> It's probably quite true there, but I mean, you know, diverse, I guess, would be the more polite way of putting it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me to stay interested, I've got to keep digging in the crates of my mind, you know what I mean? Just kind of like pulling out stuff and going, oh, man, what about if I did this? You know, this, this would be great, you know, and just... And then I sometimes do that and I think, oh, I don't know, maybe I've gone too far with this one. You know, maybe reel it in and then... But I, the times when I've reeled it too far in, I've ended up, like, being... I felt a bit too polite or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, this time around I felt really... felt in a good place. I've, I've settled in Nashville, slowed it down, like you said. But at the same time, sped up the process of, of making because I've just got a great studio at home now and I can bring people over and there's a spare room... Now we can cook a nice breakfast and just it's really like no one's in a rush to get to a show like you know everyone's like focused on being there and they want to be there and it's it's been great just having that actually I've made loads of music it's been it's been cool you are so ready ready to move just let to move with these tones miss 
As a, is, it, is it a massive it's, city? No, no, no. It's definitely not. It's um, I, I've never been good with numbers. It's uh, sixty thousand million. I don't know. Six hundred thousand. Birmingham. I don't know. How big is it? <laughs> Bristol. Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. There right. you go. See. Yeah. yeah. The oh, so it's very. Yeah. So the name is bigger than the city. I mean, you know, it's it's just it's condensed. Yeah. Like in terms is of it just music recording people. studios everywhere. Uh, apparently, yeah. I mean, but it, what it'll be a bit like this. You know, this is we're in a very discreet. No one would perhaps know that we are in in our recording studio now on street level. You just walk past, a bit like walking your dog or whatever. So in Nashville, it's, it's often like that. There's there's music row as they call it, and it's uh, it's basically just a row of houses. And you look inside and you think, well, what? And then obviously, sometimes I'm sure inside they're just these lavish. Or perhaps not so lavish um, just studios and I, it's hard for them though I know for a fact that it's hard for those you know commercial studios to talk about the financial side of the game as like with people having laptops and the ability to just sort of have a go wherever those those corporate facilities are definitely feeling it are you um, is there a I mean it's the country capital of the world right country music is that am i saying it right because yeah yeah uh, i think it is i think it's fair to say and uh and you know obviously it's, that's why i moved there it's a well it's a it's an area of music that i'd always denied in myself yeah, in my, yeah. for, for all my early years it just had all the wrong connotations in every respect and then slowly obviously as you get into music and you realize that there's great stuff and i mean there's shit loads of great stuff there yeah. right yeah yeah is it the same experience for you or did you were you into it were you into no it? I'm the same as you right I mean obviously we love we love Johnny Cash we love the I mean you know and Memphis is up the road obviously it's a few hours up the road so there's a, it's a funny place Nashville it's quite a, it's um, there's that kind of outlaw country thing that's kind of pretty mysterious and kind of amazing you know what I mean and the real like hillbilly sound that you don't really maybe look for and like some of that I don't know we were out on the on literally having a classic Nashville porch moment like not so long ago and it was the first time I'd ever seen it a bunch of good old boys like picking away like and uh, I gotta say it's pretty moving mm. because and it's a great way of passing time talk about like in the internet age no one will do that now do you know what I mean it's just a bunch of kind of like one kid was 16 and could really play like amazing guitarists and like everyone was like it was like taken for granted like oh, of course you can play you know to an insane level just like whatever instrument banjo mandolin like guitar like 
upright bass and just everyone was just nailing it you know and like oh let's do that song you know like you know old girl from up the lane or whatever you know I didn't know any of the songs but it's like oh yeah, yeah I haven't played that you know yeah, cool. yeah, we'll just count it off you know and off they go just great musicians you know what I mean you can't deny it and harmonising and it's just like and so one of the one of the old boys is uh, this guy Ferg and he recorded the last Johnny Cash album and he's getting on a bit looks a little rough He's got this incredible voice, total Johnny Cash style, this like real deep storytelling style. And you look, you're locked in, man. There's a fire, and you're just like, you know, you get the wide eyes. Perhaps that stuff is hard to capture on vinyl, but those moments, uh, that's real. You know what I mean? That was that was ace. And I think after about uh, an hour, I was like, maybe that I wouldn't mind if they switch it up a bit. But, um, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that. But but that's the thing. It's it, it's 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 great to see that was was a real treat. I think I think the thing that you and I, maybe you're talking about, I've, we fear is that kind of like high octane country. You know, overproduced, sort of like right in your face, bright lights, kind of like twangy, kind of like stuff that's a little bit intense. Yeah, I think it's a little bit like you know people who hate jazz and they kind of think jazz is you know smooth yeah. jazz but actually right. it's not real jazz and then you kind of whatever not exactly it's that isn't it totally um, if we were to play a Johnny Cash record which record should we play right now that you think would be nice I actually never really had a full Johnny Cash rush but um, one of the guys I used to live with was like kind of he was really into like the most avant-garde business you know he'd always be playing he, literally when I lived with him he insisted on playing like three records at the same time. <laughs> like that was his style. He just wouldn't, he would never like listen to music. He always just wanted to make noise, you know, and it would just be like, you know, it, it would literally be a noise record with some yodeling on it and then, you know, just some other crazy business. So, but the thing is, when he wanted to relax, he'd just play pure Johnny Cash. Actually, his song, the one he always liked was that one about the the car that you know made out of all the different pieces we'll find you, it you know that one the 57 57 57 that's actually pretty good um you know the name of that song one piece at a time there you go it's actually you know good good message it's a message basically of, of stealing from car factories and making your own car you know he's a rebel <laughs> I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry because I always wanted me one that was long and black. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired But I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand I'd get it one piece at a time And it wouldn't cost me a dime You know it's me when I come through your town I'm gonna ride around in style I'm gonna drive everybody wild Cause I'll have the only one there is around so the very next day when I punched in with my big lunchbox and with help from my friend, I left that day with a lunchbox full of gears. 
I've never considered myself a thief, but GM wouldn't miss just one little piece, especially if I strung it out over several years. The first day I got me a fuel pump, and the next day I got me an engine and a trunk, then I got me a transmission and all the chrome. The little things I could get in my big lunchbox, like nuts and bolts and all four shocks, but the big stuff we snuck out my buddy's mobile home. Now up to now my plan went all right till we tried to put it all together one night, and that's when we noticed that something was definitely wrong. The transmission was a 53, and the motor turned out to be a 73, and when we tried to put in the bolts, all the holes were gone. So we drilled it out so that it would fit, and with a little bit of help from an adapter kit, we had that engine running just like a song. Now the headlights, there was another sight. We had two on the left and one on the right, but when we pulled out the switch, all three of them come on. The back end looked kind of funny too, but we put it together, and when we got through, well, that's when we noticed that we only had one tail fin. About that time, my wife walked out, and I could see in her eyes that she had her doubts. But she opened the door and said, "Honey, take me for a spin." So we drove uptown just to get the tags, and I headed to ride on down Main Drag. I could hear everybody laughing for blocks around. But up there at the courthouse, they didn't laugh 'cause to type it up, it took the whole staff. And when they got through, the title weighed sixty pounds. I got it one piece at a time. And it didn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. I'm gonna ride around in style. I'm gonna drive everybody wild. 'Cause I'll have the only one there is around. How does it feel for you? Um, how does it feel for you? I mean, obviously you've made the move, right, to the states now. So yeah. you know, apart from um, living in Nashville, um, it's a a whole different way, is it? I mean, how family, you know, the whole yeah, it is a different. I mean, I, I've always felt a bit of a wanderer. Uh, I haven't lived in England for about thirteen, fourteen years because I took that time in Berlin for nine. Then I've been in America for four. So, um, could you see yourself coming back here? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, where would you live? Pretty often, probably London now. Right. I mean. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that sort of the antidote to Nashville, obviously, is the big city. And like, we definitely need to have a taste of it. I say we, I mean, me and my wife, we we uh, we moved out there for space and for ultimately, you know, quality of life we couldn't get in, in, in New York. Um, but that said, were there enough funds on tap? Then we would probably move to the city again, you know. Right, right. I, I assumed that the, the new album obviously was was recorded, right? Where was so? Yeah. So is this the, your Nashville album? It's homemade. Yeah. The, the, right. If this is my Nashville album, it's quite a. It's been quite a confusing story, you know, because it's a very electronic record, and uh, I sort of trying to channel like my uh, get my Jam and Lewis on a little bit. Um, I don't know if they ever set foot in Nashville, but I mean, maybe they did. Uh, it's very odd. I mean, I think that's all I... Well, I mean, for me, like I said, Nashville just has been a great retreat. Cool place to set up a, a room, set up my keyboard, set everything up, have it all on and just be able to make noise. So it really isn't about, you know... Nashville hasn't sort of gotten in my blood, 
I'm not. I'm not. Are you doing all the music? Not yet. Are you doing all the music? Have you got guests? Have you guys it working? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much doing all the music. I mean, the album's called Jamie Liddell because, I mean, it it wasn't something that I set out to do. I was like, oh, this is going to be my Jamie Liddell record or whatever. But over time, it felt like okay, this is this is it. This is kind of like a full circle for me. I've got electronics. I've got. Uh, it's mostly based around synths and you know it's kind of like that electronic soul thing that i i was always kind of dabbling with and like trying to learn my songcraft on on the side almost you know doing a few records and kind of like getting the feathers in the cap on that on that level and then just thinking all right what would happen if i took it back to you know that kind of headspace where i where i started almost and and like you know inevitably you can't you just you're in another place but just the reflection is kind of like it made me realize that i've kind of i've landed in a new place it almost feels like this is it this is a culmination of all the things i've learned along the way it's kind of like the best of me at this point and <laughs> i'm not doing the best of every time i say best of i'm like right that's definitely that's it but i mean this is almost like this is like my first record almost it feels like to me you know what i mean so you've got that sort of first record satisfaction i have i have i mean it i can still listen to it which is very rare i mean i finished it a while ago and like literally everything was recorded and mixed and and everything was done in the house so um it's the first time I've I've done that since '99. I realised because I mixed like Multiply in France and Jim in France and I did Compass in New York and in a, in a, you know in studios I take the take the multi tracks and we'd mix them somewhere else and the whole experience of that is totally different. So I actually bought the console first and then then wrote and recorded and mixed it on the same thing. What kind of console? It's like an old SSL. It was like a, you know, it's a very 80s choice. It was the same console they used to mix opposites attract. And uh, it was <laughs> amongst other things. I mean, I, I know that a lot of stuff's gone through that. It's the same console they used to do, like the Chronic. How many know, tracks? An e is, is that SSL? 56 channels. It's a big old 12 piece foot of long. kit, right? So where's that? In your basement? Well, I've, I've sold it now, but yeah, it's almost, it was almost a ton. It was like uh, it was it, when it left. It's sort of like an elephant has left like dents in the in the room. It was like it was pretty. It's an epic thing. Play me three tracks off your new album yeah. um, that you think that I should uh, that I'm going to like in particular. Okay. Go through them and then we'll play yeah. them afterwards. All right. Um, Blame something is quite. A, it's quite a good one in terms of the chronology. Uh, it's one of the few tracks on the album that actually started with the lyric. Because a lot of the tracks that I made on this record were coming from kind of like more my old school way of working, which was just like make a musical bed that's kind of gave me enough to sort of spring off and then just kind of like freestyle, basically nonsense over the top. So the music would always start with the music and the voice and the, and the, and the song on top of it. Well, I just make enough music that I, I felt like I could sing on it. And the, but then when I would sing, I wouldn't think about lyrics at all. I just kind of basically just free form on it, and uh, which is amazing because you come up with you definitely come up with different shapes, and and shapes that feel natural over the over the music, especially when you've got you know when it's all like body music. You know what I mean? You've, there's not that much room to maneuver sometimes. So finding a line that just kind of like like just like rides the music and like maybe you might end up with a lot of t's 
like in a section and you might not know what the lyrics are but you you know there has to be tease in certain places it kind of like does half of the work for you so it's finding like this missing lyric and I, f- I feel like subconsciously you end up saying something even if you don't if even if it's just like you know a stream of consciousness that might not have any sense at the time i feel like you you are trying to say something i, I definitely was <laughs> I think what shame was the first. What shame's the first song that that kind of found 
the public here and, and I've been really happy with the way people have been responding. They've been like loving that I've got this sort of I'm coming back with a bit more of a attitude, I guess. And it, I, I and I really don't know why I don't do more you know, like real heavy beat music with like uh, just like, like screaming on top. <laughs> it's like kinda like that's big part of how I think of music when I play live and you know I love just like I mean I end up sort of making trying to focus my music in quite pop direction because I also love that you know so with with that song I kind of just focused a lot on just like, keeping it simple just making it bang as hard as I could and um, and, it, and, it, and I felt like it was just kind of rough and ready and it's kind of nice for me because I like I say I can't overthink stuff and that was quite straight from the hip style
um, what else? Um, I like the song. Well, seeing as I think you might like "Do Yourself a Favor," I like that song as well. Um, That's lucky. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got to live with these songs for the next couple of years. I mean, I, when I look at this list of titles, I'm just like, yeah, it is a lucky list. It's a, it's a lucky, uh, it's a lucky eleven. And uh, no, do yourself a favour. Is um, it's a smooth roller, you know. It's got that sort of nighttime flavour. I was listening to a lot of Entume and like Cameo and like, uh, like I say, Jam and Lewis. Uh, and there's a little kind of like she's strange kind of synth in the back. Like I used to love that as like an outcast tune with that. Like and I was like, man, I haven't heard that for a while. You know, you'll hear it. <laughs> Maybe you're a sinner Maybe you're alright To me it just don't mean anything Not gonna let you be the winner Not without a fight to say goodbye now Well, well, well Every little thing that you do Try to play with me But you know you better do yourself a favor
way ahead, weren't they? Cameo, yeah, no. Larry Blackman, I mean, yeah. like, Sarah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, Sa- I mean, yeah. Sarah was Cameo meets Sunra. With yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah, right. Grimy southern hip hop thrown in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, we, I mean, I listened to a lot of, I listened to a lot of Atomic Dog for this record, I'll be honest. I'd forgotten just what a masterpiece Atomic Dog is. Yeah. And I think the reason why I think it's a masterpiece is because there's so much play in that music, you know what I mean? There's so much, like, it's just all about, like, you know, feeling it and just letting it, letting it all hang out, you know? And I just, or I've really just tried to get back to that, just kind of, like, letting everything just kind of roll naturally. And so uh, Atomic Dog is a, is a, you know, it's obviously it's, it's weird because we, we moved to Nashville expecting to hear country music on the radio. We've got this amazing, like, basically the craziest black station, uh, Night 2Q, it's called. Uh, and it, they play Atomic Dog, like, on a weekly basis. They play, like, the Gap Band and, like, you know, they're just all these crazy, obviously massive jams from back in the day. And, like, it's just so sweet to hear them on the radio, you know what I mean? You just realise that you just don't, you just don't hear that stuff. So uh, it's been huge for me just having that radio on all the time because obviously Nashville you've got drive everywhere. So uh, the radio becomes a big, big thing again. I'd actually completely forgotten about the radio, I'll be honest. I know that's an obscene thing to say, but uh, I, I I, got lost in the computer, just in tracks and um, and not really tuned in. Yeah. 
interested as well but because i mean there was this kind of super group of you guys right i mean it was oh, yeah. it was it was chili gonzalez mm-hmm. and uh moki and yeah. feist tell yeah. us a little bit about sort of how you lot met up and um you know how it's gone well it was uh, as a berlin thing mm-hmm. i think possibly to be honest an expat thing you know just kind of like hanging out and sort of wanted to make music because uh we all did and actually, to be honest, I was a little intimidated with someone Gonzo. He, he is quite a forceful character in his own way. And uh, in the beginning, he would just do these shows and I'd go there and he'd just blab his chest hair out and he'd be like sweating on everyone. Just like, and him and Peaches would kind of be owning Berlin on that sort of performance level. And I would just sort of watch kind of wide-eyed like, wow, these guys are... I hadn't seen anything like that before. I don't know why, because living in Brighton, there was plenty of performance but nothing like that you know nothing that was quite musically satisfying on top of it you know so uh, I, I got really into that whole sort of how can I make my show just like a bit more full on you know and because uh, I wanted to get my freak on you know and they just seemed like they didn't give a shit you know and I was like oh alright well if they don't care then I don't have to care so uh, I think after a while word got out I think to, to Gonzo that I was doing something um, through this guy Taylor Savvy who's often not mentioned in all of this but he's like a key kind of connector to like you know Firestand you know, Peaches and another Canadian they're all friends and so it's a whole Canadian posse and so once you're in you're kind of in I mean not so much with Peaches I never really got that close with her but I mean obviously we're friends and, and she's great you know I've always admired what she does and she's just so dedicated and focused and takes her stuff so seriously you know and it's weird because it's such a joke in a way on the outside not a joke but you know it's, it's definitely she's got that John Waters kind of B-movie edge to her, her her Madonna thing in a way if you want to look at it like that that's a horrible way of putting it but you know what I mean but um, she's, she's, she, she knows she knows where she's at but um, yeah, just all of that crew were always around. Mocky and I really just got the deepest because I think we kind of had that thing that like we we were at a point where we needed to get more ambitious together, and we were like, he saw in me something that he didn't have, maybe vocally, I guess, 
in a, in a shallow way. But um, but he knew that together we could make. I was actually floundering around. I mean, you can hear me rambling around now. But I was, musically, I was sitting between muddling gear and multiplayer. It took me forever. It was like about four years. I just I had so many little half finished pieces, and he would say, "Well, what you got? What songs you got?" And multiplayer was a classic example of that. It was just like. A really strange, like, introverted drum machine thing, very slow and sombre. And he couldn't hear the song, so he just picked up a guitar and sort of, and he was like, "Why well, is it like this? So I started playing this kind of really upbeat version of it, and I just sort of laughed at him and said, well, yeah, it's like that. It's not, it's not like that, but I mean, you know what I mean? But then he said, well, then, so but we recorded it like that just because we wanted to put it down. And that's the version that ended up on the record, basically changed my whole career in a way. So, you know, I've, I've definitely got Mocky to thank for a lot of just, like, the profile and, you know, well, so, uh, definitely that vision. When, when there's a few people who, you know, groups of creative people together, they can really strengthen each other, right? And I mean, yeah. and motivate each other and encourage each other. And suddenly, you know, it's great to see how everybody's totally. gone on to their own mm -hmm. major careers, really. Oh, 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 I'm so tired of repeating 
Track, um, let's play a track from Moki and a track from um, from from um, Gonzalez. I, I I can't call him Chili Gonzalez. It seems like really? well, it's just like that came later, didn't it? I, I just sort of, I only knew him as Gonzalez. What should we play? Um, I've, I'm always partial to the um, to the solo piano. Got to say, mm. as for Moki, um, I think yeah, something off Saskamodi. Um, that's get, a great record. Yeah, and yeah. amazing. That's very mocky. Mm. It, it's, it, I'm really glad he did that record. I mean, he's still doing loads of great stuff. He's he's in LA, in LA now, and uh, I spoke to him a little bit. I don't speak to him that much. It's a shame, uh, but he's he's really just keeping on it, and it feels feels like something big's going to happen with him soon. Hard way, feeling the 
Briar Frick, quickly tell me about them because that's, yeah. that's I can't wait for that. I've heard one track, but not with you. That was that another yeah. one done online? Was that another? It wasn't actually, and they they were quite into doing the personal 
you know, in studio hang. I was quite prepared to just do it at home. I mean, that's one of the things about Nashville. It's great. I've got a good, good setup. I can just plug in the mic and off I go. And I've done that a fair bit. But um, no, they wanted to do it in person. And uh, it's it's crazy with them because I always loved the sound of their recordings. And I was like, quite, I'm quite a nerd with all the mics and stuff. I was like, so where's all your gear, guys? You know, what, what do you, what, how do you record all these crazy orchestral instruments? And they're like real punks, those guys. It's like, oh, we just got this. It's got one mic. Then just turn it around and put it on something else. It's like a real cheap preamp. Just no fancy business. Just like, they just they get this amazing sound. They've just got a computer and they've got good ideas. Wow. So I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Almost made me feel a bit like I've been throwing my money around, you know what I mean? Like buying all, all these different things. And I could have just been... <laughs> going over their house going <laughs> up so i mean it was brilliant i i used the same mic to do my vocal and um so yeah what what a, what a cool bunch what a cool bunch i just very yeah. ambitious you know what i mean those arrangements and playing with that band i mean you're mm, kidding mm, it's mad mm. i haven't seen that since matthew herbert you know yeah that's true
what have you got lined up for the next six months? What can we see you? Yeah, well, I've got a, a, a bunch of live dates already emerged on the on the website, um, which is great. I mean, it's great to have them in my mind. I'm sort of still working out how I'm going to do this solo show. But, uh, and it's solo, solo. Yeah, definitely. Solo, it's going to be the first time I've ever gone out really with like a real focused light show. So I'm working together with a, a bunch of real talented Londoners, Flatty, which are not really Londoners, they're from up north, but they live here. And um, I've known them for ages and they've gone on to these great things, you know, down in the South Bank, they've been doing like, you know, the launch of Tron. They were like, you know, work with Disney and um, VW to do these big... You know, projection mappings on buildings and stuff so they, they ended up getting really deep into that and I think they wanted to just have a break from that and we've known each other for a while so they, they wanted to do the whole creative kind of vision for my album so they've done the artwork and they're going to do this um, whilst I'm here in, in the next couple of days I'm going to do a video for them and um, and then they're going to work with me on the on the live show so it's going to hopefully really have this kind of real solid visual feel to it and uh, so that's great. I'm, I'm going to be doing production rehearsals for that probably in Belgium. Uh, and uh, then, yeah, getting on the road with this new show. And uh, obviously the platinum selling next record. Um, just, you know, taking care of business. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you know? Jamie Liddell, we're all brilliant. I love seeing Thank you. you. And uh, let's make sure you get into the studio for a session Yeah, absolutely. Well. And I, I, I mean, I'm, when I'm doing the solo stuff, I'm coming back with a looper coming back with a with a brand new piece of technology so uh there's some new there's some new school gonna gonna go down fantastic yeah thanks mate thank you cheers